KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Thursday, February 9th. How a South Bay College is creating a new way of policing. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. For the first time, the Mexican government is saying it won't support the Remain in Mexico program. The controversial Trump-era program forces asylum seekers to live in Mexico while their cases are decided. However, the program only works if Mexico agrees to accept migrants from other countries. Pedro Rios is an immigrant rights activist. Mexico doesn't necessarily have to accept uh, someone who is not a Mexican national. So in many ways, the uh, authority for programs such as Remain in Mexico for Title 42 move forward under the authority of the Mexican government. Rios says this public opposition could make it easier for the Biden administration to finally terminate Trump-era anti-immigration programs. County supervisors want 18 to 24-year-olds to be able to ride public transit for free. This week, the board approved a resolution that directs county groups to work with transit agencies to find the money for the program. Currently, the Sandag Youth Opportunity Pass allows those 18 and under to ride public transit for free. Chairwoman Nora Vargas said the free youth pass removes barriers in getting to school, work, and recreational activities. San Diego businesses with outdoor dining and services can apply for a grant to continue outdoor operations within the public right-of-way. Each business could get up to $20,000 under the program. About $300,000 is available. It comes from Senate Bill 1186 fees that get collected through the sale of business licenses and renewals and the Small Business Enhancement Program. The grants will be awarded in phases and are meant to help cover permitting, design, and construction expenses for businesses. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The ongoing case in the police beating death of Tyree Nichols once again focuses on the use of deadly force by officers. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez says police at one South Bay College are working to create a community for change. Get the gun out, just in case, worst case scenario. 
Officer David Felix is talking about the department-issued AR-15 rifle he carries in his car on patrol across Southwestern College's Chula Vista campus. He also carries a taser, a baton, and a Glock 22 pistol. But his most effective tool is communication. I get out, I say hi to people, you know, approach a couple students if they have questions. And they do have questions, you know, ranging from how do I become a police officer to I got involved in this situation. How can I help myself from getting into further trouble? 31 John 242 to cover on a 415 Felix is one of the nine sworn officers on the Southwestern College Police Force. He has also served in the Los Angeles Police Department. And he has seen the video of Memphis police beating Tyree Nichols. That was a uh, aggressive style of policing. And if you do that here, you better have a pretty good reason why you're acting and, and saying a few things like they did in the video. It hurts me because I love my profession. I believe in the profession. Marco Bareño is Southwestern's chief safety officer. He's felt the sting of brutality brought on by other police across the country, starting with the murder of George Floyd in 2020. I have two sons, both in high school. They were ashamed to say that their father was a police officer at a time. And not ashamed because they're proud of me and what I do. It's just from what was happening. And it kept on happening. That's when Southwestern College police decided they needed help to change the public's perception and earn trust. So they partnered with the Urban League of San Diego County, which has organized focus groups between students, staff, police, and other community members who want solutions. Al Abadala is president and CEO of the local Urban League. Every law enforcement officer across the country is now under a microscope. Are you like Memphis or proud of Memphis, Minneapolis with George Floyd? Do you have murderers on your payroll? These are questions that have to be asked. And the Urban League collaboration focus groups have answered those questions and built bridges to de-escalate police-involved confrontations. It's working, according to Southwestern student trustee Jose Perez. If I were in a situation or a circumstance where there would be a threat, I would have that feeling of security knowing that they are going to be there present and they're going to do their job right. The bar to prove the guilt of the EMT or the paramedic is lower than the bar of unreasonable doubt in a criminal case. The curriculum at the Southwestern Otay Mesa campus for the college's police academy and other first responder programs includes real-time current events with lessons in ethics and legal courses that go beyond the textbooks. That has only inspired paramedic student Slater Lee even more. He's seen the video with Memphis police and EMTs who were also fired. It's horrible that it ever happened, but to be someone that could potentially respond and make a difference in a positive light for anyone in any of those horrible situations would be motivating. Talia Raz is Slater's classmate. She is committed to her mental health in responding to critical calls involving patients in worst-case scenarios. I think it's about understanding what just happened and mentally and emotionally processing it. That way you're not left with traumatic thoughts about it later in times, and then you're able to move on from it. Back on the Chula Vista campus, Officer Felix is moving on with his patrol, proud of the progress his department is making. As another day ends in the best-case scenario. M.G. Perez, KPBS News.
On Monday, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck southern Turkey and northern Syria. KPBS reporter Claire Strong talked to local organizers who want to help those affected. We are having the youth group to come and help sort out the donations and also for the younger kids to make cards um, of encouragement, of prayer for the people and the victims affected back um, in Turkey and Syria. That's Sarah Hassan, a volunteer at the Islamic Center of San Diego in Kearney Mesa. Between now and Friday, they're collecting essential items like blankets, winter clothes and first aid kits to send to survivors. The items will then be taken to a designated drop-off point in L.A. before being flown via Turkish airlines to those in the disaster zone. Claire Strong, KPBS News. Two formerly deported Army veterans are now U.S. citizens. KPBS reporter John Carroll has the story. Not only are Lionel Contreras Tarango and Mauricio Hernandez Mata back in the U.S., as of Wednesday morning, they are citizens of this country. They were administered the oath of citizenship in a ceremony in downtown San Diego made possible by the Biden administration's Immigrant Military Members and Veterans Initiative. Afterward, both spoke about what the day means to them. First, Contreras, then Hernandez. I feel ecstatic. I feel very blessed. I feel very happy to be back on American soil. For all you that weren't there, we did all those things for you all as well. So you all wouldn't have to. That's why many people couldn't walk in my shoes because a lot of people are self-serving. We are not. We are servants of the people. Servants and now citizens. John Carroll, KPBS News. Coming up, what you can expect at the Black Comics Day mini-convention happening this weekend. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. The IRS says some people need to wait to file their taxes this year. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer explains that it's because of the middle-class tax refund payments California sent out last year. Many California taxpayers got middle-class tax refunds last year in amounts ranging from $200 to $1,050. The Franchise Tax Board says it sent out more than 6 million 1099 miscellaneous information forms to people who got at least $600. Tax accountant Ricardo Alvarez says it's caused some issues with this year's tax filings. What has come up is, um, you know, the questions about is it taxable in the federal level because it's not taxable in the state level of California. He says his firm and many others are taking the position that the refund in any amount is non-taxable at the federal level. The IRS says tax filers who got the state payment and the 1099 should wait to file their federal tax returns. In a statement, they said they're working with state tax officials to get more information and clarity to taxpayers this week. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. 
Black Comics Day returns to the World Beat Cultural Center this weekend for its fifth year. The free mini-convention celebrates Black creators and artists from Marvel and DC, as well as Black-owned independent companies. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando spoke with the event's founder, Keithan Jones, who is also the creator of the Power Nights comic. Keithan, you are about to hold the fifth Black Comics Day, so how do you feel right now? I feel excited. Five years is, wow. I mean, um, when I first started out on this, I didn't expect it. Well, I was hoping it, it would go this far, but, you know, you never know. So here we are, fifth year. And remind people what inspired you to start this. I was originally asked by my mother if I would do something for the Malcolm X Library, which was the original location. I was going to say no, but then I thought about how important it could be to the community to have an outlet where they can actually see people that look like them doing stuff in the comic book culture. I mean, we're all going to the movies right now, but this is an opportunity to see the folks behind the scenes and then having it be uh, Black History Month, I think the icing on the cake is to see actual folks from our community working for companies like Marvel and DC and Warner Brothers and Disney and all that good stuff. Even though it's called Black Comics Day, it's for everyone to come and enjoy this cultural experience and see these folks do their thing. And you yourself are a comics creator, so where are you at now? Because you started your own company and you had your own comic. Chid Comics, which stands for The Kid in You Never Dies, is still going strong. Uh, my book, The Power Nights, earlier this year I relaunched it. I remastered it, actually. I remastered it. Because what I want to do is release all the issues as a trade paperback. But I wanted to, like, clean it up a little bit, give it a new paint job, so to speak, add some extras. And so that's where I am with that. issue. The new issue one is out on kid-comics.com. And what kind of challenges do you face trying to publish your own comic? Time, because I don't, not only do I work, work for myself and, and, and keep this company going, I also have clientele that want my services as a comic book artist. Basically, that helps funds kid comics. So it's really my biggest challenge is just balancing the time to do everything and put on this show. And explain to people what they can expect when they come to Black Comics Day. They can expect to meet professional artists from uh, African descent, folks like John Jennings, who just actually launched a new series for Marvel for Silver Surfer, Ghostlight. We have Rodney Barnes. Rodney Barnes is doing this fantastic book called Philadelphia. It's a horror anthology. And along with TV shows like uh, Winning Time for HBO Max, and he's worked on Boondocks. And then we have Kevin Grievox is the writer for the Underworld uh, movie series with the Vampires of Werewolves Battle, which is one of my favorite movies. He's done a slew of Marvel and DC Comics. He's also an actor. We're gonna do a pan I'm gonna do a panel with all three of those guys on Sunday and we're gonna discuss their projects and the, thing, the common thing they have to, and, uh, with each other is that they're aficionados in horror. So we're gonna get into the whole uh, a panel called Sh uh, Get Shook and we're gonna talk some horror and a little bit about their background and how they're uh, navigating that. And Empowered Panel is about, we do Empowered every, every Black conversation. It's hosted by Aaron Nebels and he has a podcast called uh, Hall H Podcast. What I want to do with the, the panel, which is Saturday, call Empowered, I want to discuss the whole topic of diversity in pop culture and comics and how we feel about it. Because there's always controversy 
when a new movie comes out and a, and a black person's casted or recasted as a um, traditional white character. We want to delve into the controversy behind that, the pros and the cons, and if that's the right direction or not. On the panel, we have Robert Roach, we have Brian Lambert, we have Mia Bunn and Christina Cromer, and they're all comic book creators themselves. We're gonna basically get their opinion on it, and I think it'll be a great panel and, and it should be pretty fun, and also we um, welcome audience involvement. And Black Comics Day is not just panels. People can also come in and meet the writers, the creators, buy comics, and engage with them. Exactly. It's, uh, it's an open atmosphere. It's for all ages. Out here on the main floor with, inside of the World Bee Center, um, the majority of the artists set up at their booths where you can congregate with them, see their merchandise, buy their merchandise, ask them questions. And young artists, I encourage you to bring your portfolios if you want some feedback or who knows, you could lead to a job. It's going to be fun. It's a great atmosphere. There's food here on site. I think the food is great. Makeda Dred Cheatham, who, who owns the place, she's a tremendous help. She's, she provides the space for me to do my thing. And like, you know, we've been doing this five years now and uh, still going strong. And it's getting, it's gotten bigger every year. That was Keith and Jones speaking with KPBS's Beth Accomando. Black Comics Day is happening this Saturday and Sunday at the World Beat Cultural Center in Balboa Park. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.